Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast, your favorite weekly games podcast. My name is Kerry Palmer. Joining me as always is Jeremy Bratitich. Hello. And for the first time on the Minimap Cast, we have a guest. Joining us from player2.net.au is Paul James. How are you, Paul? I'm very well. It's it's good to be aboard. It's uh, always a good time, and as look, we'll get it, we'll get it out of the way now. It's great to have the Operation PlayStation <laughs> reunion. Going on right yes, now. <laughs> this this is going to be our most watched video out of pure hate <laughs> and like, just spite being thrown at a. Yeah, I won't say that yet. The, you, could, the, you could get demonetized or something. The 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 computer oh, under man, my desk is going to be running very very hot, <laughs> and the good news is. Unlike some websites, this one will stay up during um, times of heavy traffic, um, unlike some others. <laughs> power outages, it'll survive all power outages. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Look, Word, WordPress is a powerful is a powerful tool yeah, yeah, with it, a lot of resources. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much for coming on, Paul. This is, this is, is going to be a treat. Yeah, it's going to be great. And um, I mean, yeah, setting the, setting the jokes about that aside, it's, you know, it's well noted that PlayStation is certainly one of my, my pet topics. And so really keen to chat with you. Absolutely. Both of you. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely, we um we tend to go off when it comes to PlayStation. Uh, you should have you should have heard us last year when PlayStation Plus 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 was announced. Um, <laughs> so I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, we're going to be breaking down last week's PlayStation Showcase, uh, sort of the how we how it hit us at the time and the aftermath. Um, and then uh, Paul will join us for that, and then uh, he'll probably split for the second half, and then we'll get into our what we've been playing. Um, but Let's let's get right into it. I'll go through the intro here. Um, so if you weren't aware, this is the Minimap cast, minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast. We go live on all podcast platforms every Wednesday with 24 hours of early access uh, available to our wonderful patrons. More on that in a little bit. Uh, if you like what you're hearing so far, make sure to tell your friends, give the show a positive rating wherever you listen to us or wherever you're watching us. Uh, it makes a huge difference. It only takes a couple of seconds. If you'd like to get notified every time a new episode is released, uh, you can follow us on the socials. Uh, we are at MinimapAU on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and also Twitch, where we are live currently, right now, and every Monday night, um, usually 6.30, 7.30 right now, but you won't know that if you're not here live, uh, Australian Eastern Standard Time for the live recording of the Minimap cast. Uh, we always hang out with the chat beforehand and during and after. Uh, it's a great time. We wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D improv as the music for the Minimap cast. You can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. Uh, we also wanted to say that Minimap is completely independent, funded almost entirely out of our own pockets. Uh, if you wanted to help keep the mics and lights on, you could support us over on our Patreon for $5 a month. Uh, that's patreon.com slash minimapau. Uh, the first episode of our... Uh, sort of reacting to old E3 press conferences show went up last week. So that's a fun one there for you to look forward to over there. And uh, remember, it's cheaper than a latte with oat milk. And finally, I just want to give um, Paul just a quick minute if you wanted to talk a bit about the work you do at Player 2 and what your history at PlayStation is, I guess, for our audience, who, in case they're not familiar with what you do over there and, and what you like to do as a gamer. Yeah, so I guess... Um... I mean, really born and bred actually on the Super Nintendo sort of era stuff, but JRPGs were my shtick, and so PlayStation became a big part of my my kind of, of playing days through through the youth because so that's where things like Final Fantasy VII obviously first popped up, the best game in the series, Final Fantasy IX, um, wow. as well as several other. That, that, that is not a hot take. That is brilliant. There's a reason why they're remaking it immediately after seven. They get the, the shit out of the way first, and then they move on to the real deal. No. Um, but, I mean, go, nine. But anyway, uh 
Yeah, and I guess like it's it's that constant love of of JRPGs and games that kind of kept kept me on the hook. And uh, as I I guess I turned eighteen at the time that the PS3 was coming out, and so that's mm-hmm. like with, with my own income and those things. That was the time to start investing in other genres and those sorts of things. And from there, the love just continued to blossom. Got involved in some games writing myself, writing for for my own little outlets and and with friends. And then eventually uh, hooked up with the Player Two team back in twenty. 14, 15 at this point, um, and have been firmly there ever since. You know, I've you know plenty of writing over the years, lots of reviews and features and those sorts of things. But as you mentioned before, there's Dev Diary, my my games interview podcast series, uh, Patched, which we do just just for shits and giggles every week, but it's always <laughs> always a good always a good time. Um, and I love as as Buddy has shouted out in the chat tonight. I do love popping on other people's shows to to discuss all things PlayStation and and whatever else might come my way. Awesome. Well, yeah, we, we're thrilled to have you, especially on this episode. Um, you've had some, I've, I've been seeing on Twitter, you've had some incredible guests over on Dev Diary recently. You've had people from Insomniac, Respawn. I mean, it's also, it's always great to hear from the indie side as well, which you have over there too, but sort of the, 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 the headlines of they're, they're pretty, um, they're pretty, they, they, they make me kind of they take my breath away a little bit. How do you pull that off? <laughs> Gotta get the sentence <laughs> out. Catch your breath. It's okay. I'm not <laughs> yeah. one of those guests, so you're fine. Um, so yeah, it's it's been it's been pretty awesome for the most part. It's a bit of persistence sometimes. Like there, I mean, there's some opportunities that fall straight into your lap, and that's where PR's been fantastic at times. Uh, well, sorry, they're fantastic all the time, but you know, there's certain opportunities where they're just awesome and it falls right in your lap, and you you grab the ball by the horns. There's mm-hmm. others where it's been totally persistence, like. Um, the, mo- the most recent episode, obviously, you just you were just re- uh, referencing Respawn there. Uh, Jason DeHeras, who's uh, one of the leads now these days in, uh, on Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, I mean, we were talking late 2019, early 2020. And at the time, Disney PR kind of got it in the way. They, did, they didn't want right. anything to do with it. Uh, this time, we didn't speak to PR. Um, Excellent. <laughs> no, we, it was just a case. Okay, we just need to be careful around these topics so they don't lose uh, lose their minds at me, and we mm-hmm. can basically go wherever he wants. So uh, it, it just meant that we didn't have to worry about those hoops. He was fantastic. We totally respected all things NDA and whatnot. Um, and look, that's that's kind of a thing. There's there's been things that have been said to me in uh, in episodes over the past that can't and should. Well, I'm sure some of them have probably, probably been official now, but like things that have been mentioned over the journey about games that were worked on and cancelled and all those sorts of things. And you just they realize after the fact, oh, hang on, shouldn't have yeah. said that. <laughs> any, yeah. any chance you had to cut, uh, cut that out? And I think like that sort of thing is for what I'm trying to create, which is not a show that's breaking news and, and you know, revealing all these exclusive things. It's about just sharing and celebrating what people have done. I want to make sure I respect that. So they, they disappear. Yeah. And so it does help when, you know, or it does help scenarios like adjacent to Harris or, or as you say, you know, I'm getting people from, you know, like Grant Parker from Insomniac or others coming aboard to talk about projects that, brand new or in the case of like Grand Parker Wolverine, which could still be what, 12 plus months, 18 months away. Yeah. I spoke to him six months ago now. It's, it was awesome. So love the opportunity. It gets a little bit harder these days, spinning a lot of different plates. Uh, being perfectly honest, I don't think there'll be an episode tomorrow at, the, at this particular point. I haven't been able to pull, pull everything together like I needed to in a few delays and some schedule issues. But uh, I just, I love putting out a good product and I, and I, I think it works because I'm as fascinated by what the people got to say as I hope everyone else is. So, yeah, totally. Hopefully, hopefully, it can be that channel for people to consume it through. That's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, everyone, once once you're done here, if you need more listening, there's plenty of episodes of Dev Diary for you to listen to if you want to do that. Yeah, um, we're at 109 of them. 
Yeah, yeah, I was seeing that. It's, it's no small feat getting getting to the triple digits. It's good. All right, so PlayStation Showcase happened last week. Jeremy and I last week we did some predictions leading into the show as well as for the rest of Summer Game Fest slash E3 slash E3 is dead, but we're doing it anyway. Uh, time. I don't think I got uh, a single one of my predictions right. I don't think like I got a single fucking thing correct. <laughs> well, yeah, because we had a we had like a subtopic that was like like surefires or like locks or whatever whatever yeah. we called it. And yeah. like I said Spider-Man and you were like that's such a sure thing that you didn't even say it. And yeah. it turns out it was maybe one of the only surefire things that actually happened from yeah. what we thought was going to. Yeah, like it was I don't like I I I watched it I didn't watch the showcase live, but I watched it um like a, a few hours later and I remember thinking like like where is everyone? Um because I was kind of like <laughs> Look, the 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 explicit differentiation that they've been, been making between showcase and state of play was like was uh, was important to try and say like okay like we're not just got a state of play tomorrow we got a showcase which means you're going to see like a whole bunch of new stuff get ready for the, the next year we haven't done a showcase in over a year because the one that was got around the one that was going to come around in 2022 uh, got cancelled sort of last minute. Um, and then this sort of comes around and I I was actually, I guess, overall expecting more um, from like just, I guess, more people. Um, there was less people, less studios there than I was expecting, I guess, mm. that a lot of my predictions were just poo-pooed almost instantly. Yeah, it was... It was fascinating. I I watched it similarly to you, Jeremy, not too long after. Um, well, rather when I woke up, basically. Yeah. And um, it I was quite entertained by the showcase overall. Like I was in it, and I was like, "Oh, these are cool. These are cool trailers. Like I like the showing. I like who we're hearing from. Blah blah blah." And then it got to the end. Got to a couple of hours later. I'm like, "Hang on. What? They didn't show on. anything. Yeah. <laughs> what, about, what about this? And man, that was a lot of cinematics. Wait, what was? How much gameplay did I actually see? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, it was. It was. I was. I was left with question marks at the end of the day. But Paul, how did it? How did it hit you? Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw about twenty minutes of gameplay. It was just about sixteen of it was Spider Man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, it's it's a really interesting one because there's lots of different ways you can come at it. As as a PlayStation showcase, it was a letdown, and I don't think there's there's too many ways we can argue that for exactly what you've both already kind of cited. The the, the showcase had been kind of pitched as, as this grand scale. This is where we wheel out our big guns and we blow you away and. I mean, that's, you know, it was clear with the expectations for everyone going into it, you know, the way they scheduled themselves in this post E3 window, mm-hmm. um, getting in the ju- uh, getting in before Xbox, all those sort of things. And even the comments that were reportedly being made by Jim Ryan about, you know, controlling the mind share and all those sort of things. You're like, okay, this is, this is definitely another 2020, 2021 showcase again. Mm. So then for them to come out with that, like, I'm confident a lot of the games that were there are going to be really, really good. Sure, yeah, totally. Um, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some that I'm. Oh, Five Nights at Freddy's, we can throw that in the bin. Um, <laughs> but like, there's, there's lots of great things that were shown there, but it's not what a PlayStation showcase has kind of been, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, yeah, it's, it's really interesting in that respect. So I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but it wasn't what it was supposed to be, I guess. Yeah, um, I, I think that's a really good, a really good succinct way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. The I and what I, what I did enjoy, and this is now kind of you know entering Sony Pony mode and all those sorts of things. I did enjoy what it tells us about the first parties, especially when you combine it with the uh, the Naughty Dog Last of Us news that emerged 
you know, in the in the days following. But um, we we obviously knew Haven and Firewalk had been acquired, yeah. and we knew that they were going to be working on live service games. We got to understand at least what they are meant to be. Again, yeah. CG, yeah. which was one of the big issues. It's a good thing they didn't call it a gameplay showcase like Xbox did the other year, because then they would have been ripped to shreds for that. Just yeah. like Xbox. But um, yeah, it was it was good to see those games and kind of at least totally understand what they're going for. Like, I mean, you know, they you can see a lot of Watch Dogs two style stuff in, and Watch Dogs in fair games, and that kind of also fits with some of the DNA of the developers working on it. Mm. Concord, a little more unclear, but okay, so sci-fi FPS. Yeah, it kind of guides you in the right direction. Of course, Spider Man was abundantly clear what that was, but um. Yeah, I think it was important to see what those things were because you could kind of comfortably sit back and declare what you'd expect from all the other first parties that didn't show or a large chunk of the first parties that didn't show. We mm. know Sucker Punch is working on Ghost of Tsushima and if they say otherwise, they're lying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, there's already been now reports of hiring for God, uh, the next God of War at Santa Monica. Yeah. Uh, plus potentially Corey Balog's sci-fi thing may or may not be true. Mm. That would have been, I think, that was the one I think was most if there's truth to that rumor, of course, and that's that's kind of the thing is like it's still a rumor at the end of the day. But if if there's a nugget of truth to that, then I, I was a little surprised that didn't show up. Simply to have even just that big AAA bookend, Spider-Man yeah. on one end, and that here's that on on the other, and it it is kind of that Uncharted three to Last of Us reveal where like Uncharted three had only just come out, and like almost weeks later, the Last has been announced, and like hey, we're doing this thing on the side, surprise. Like that moment was kind of missing. Um, so mm-hmm. it was a bit of a shame in that respect. But yeah, the, the games themselves pretty good. It gives us a great look at where things are at because we've got prior knowledge that we can draw upon as well as this new stuff. It's just, again, as a showcase, it just under-delivered. They didn't, they didn't bring everything. They didn't bring all the guns and reports of even a showcase two sometime later in the year. Doesn't <laughs> oh, actually, like, even if that's true, that doesn't actually fill me with hope because it feels like maybe if anything it's going to diminish what this whole showcase sort of idea is meant to be yeah 100 percent. right like the the like going on twitter today and seeing people already talk about the next one like that that was sort of like the immediate like oh it turns out like this one didn't actually do a whole lot in getting everybody excited for the next 12 months of from this publisher um because while there was like there was some cool announcements not a lot of it actually really felt tangible aside from like we're going for this scene set we're going for this mood you know Bungie are going to bring out another really sick looking sci-fi game with cursed objects in space which is like dope but also like I don't know what Marathon looks like in this in 2023 in right and also when do we see it like maybe exactly. that's 25 even or like totally. late 24 like I don't remember the last time we saw such a concentrated amount of cinematic trailers since like 2012, right? Yeah. It's like and for a lot of games, it was so, so much close. shit for it. Yeah. And for a lot of games, it was so close. Like, this is sort of the window where you start dropping more gameplay. You do what Insomniac did with Spider-Man. Maybe you don't go for 15 minutes, but that is the, the big tentpole marquee thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was. they didn't even show too many games that are that far down the road that are going to interest the the real hardcore PlayStation fans, the ones who've made the PS5 into the success that it already is. Totally. Yeah. Um, they didn't even give Concord Spider-Man a release date. Well, is that, yeah. I mean, Concord and Fair Games could be fantastic, but that still speak like you've got to win people over with that still, and mm-hmm. that's going to take time. It's also they're further down the road. Like you need to, they needed to draw on some more known commodities and things that are going to appeal to the established crowd already in that sort of environment. And they didn't do it. Mm, so. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it was a very mixed bag. Not like a not an outright failure, but yeah, not the not the sort of 
like rousing success that I think I was at least ex- suspecting, expecting rather, going into it. Um, with all that being said, though, let's 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 talk about what we did like from the show. So we're, we're gonna we've we've all sort of gone through, picked our top three things from the show, and I can guarantee what is going to be on all of our lists because there wasn't that much. That's right. <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, Help Wanted number two. Uh, also a cinematic trailer, even though it's a sequel. Um, but let's let's get what I the one that I assume is on everyone's list is Marvel Spider Man Two out of the way. Is that on both of your top three lists? Because it is on mine. No, it's not. It's oh. not, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, I explain yourself. I was not excited by this almost at all. Which what was I, about it? Adventures. The I think I don't need to see another chase sequence, but kind oh, yeah. of uh, like a really uninteresting chase sequence over the water. Um, there was parts of it that did excite me, like, you know, new Venom powers and stuff. That looks cool. I'm interested to see where the story goes and I'm excited to have both of these Spider-Men like fleshed out and operating together in a way that is enjoyable. But the actual gameplay part of it, I was sitting here going... This is really not um, an exciting demo for me. There was a lot of just chasing. There was a lot of kind of awkward looking swinging in a way that it doesn't didn't really feel like the like there was a whole lot of connection in the movement and the and the um, momentum that was going on. Um, and like I think that there's. I don't know something about it. It just didn't click because I, I was thinking about I was thinking about last time we saw a Spider-Man demo like this, and I was like, oh, last time we saw this was when the Miles Morales demo got shown, and it was the that bridge attack which looked really great. Mm-hmm. It was at night time, and the electricity powers was really uh, a, a stunning contrast against the night sky, all that stuff. It was also our hint of PS5 gameplay as well. Totally. But this was like this reminded me of a really uninteresting version of that uncharted 4 demo from like yonks ago where nate's hanging on the back of the the truck for for half of it oh yeah and there was something about it like it just wasn't either directed in the right i, I don't know what it was I'm, i've been trying to put it together but something about <laughs> it just didn't come together for me in a way that made me go hell yeah i really want to play spider-man 2 from insomniac part of right. me is looking at it going like I really hope they're not at the beginning of accidentally releasing too many projects too quickly and them not spending enough time on what made the ones that they were working on really, really great. Um, I I hope I'm wrong. I always hope I'm wrong. I always want all these games to be great, but also this one didn't inspire that confidence in me like I hoped it would. That's fascinating. I mean, there there, there is that pressure on Insomniac. I think after Miles came out and it was sort of that 1.5 step, there is a lot of pressure on Spider-Man 2 after the success of one and miles yep. to be something quite exciting and quite new and quite, um, I guess innovative for the genre, but also within the series itself. Um, so I could see why you're pulling from that. Like I remember watching it and being like, Oh yeah, I could see the same bones are here. And like, they should be same developer, same series, same team. It makes sense. But at the same time, there's a weird pull between like, oh, there's new powers, but also, oh, I've done a stealth section like this before. Oh, it's a new animation. I was like, oh, but this one isn't. Like, I, I can understand that weird push and pull. I think for me, I'm such a Insomniac's Marvel's Spider-Man tragic that 
I'm just I'm just ready for it whenever it comes. Uh, whatever whatever they are ready to give me in whatever state I'm here for it. So um, I I was always going to be quite easy to please. But how did it how did it strike you, Paul? Oh, oh, look, I was really impressed. Um, not because it was doing anything innovative, which is an interesting one because Jim Ryan said at the beginning of the showcase that Sony's PlayStation's about innovation, and I didn't say any of that. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I don't think it was doing anything particularly revolutionary in any way, but it was more of what we loved already, I guess. Yeah. And and that can be a good thing and a bad thing, as as has kind of been identified already. Like more of the same can be great, but there can be a saturation point, and it's a matter of when do we hit that. Um, I think yeah, it, it presented really well. I think it's going to be a fantastic game, but is there going to like if they then wheel out Spider Man three in? two and a half years and say, okay, it's coming soon. And people are going to start to. With Wolverine in the middle, maybe. Wolverine's in there too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Wolverine's 2024, right? So. Um, apparently. I don't think it'll hit, but apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. That, that's just a really. I, I don't know. I'll be really interested to see what happens. And I guess it really, a lot hangs on how they deliver this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. So totally. We'll soon see. Uh, so that was on your top three, was it, Paul? It was in my top three. It wasn't yep. my number one, but yep, it was in my top three. Jeremy, what what then was one of your top three picks, if not Spider Man? All right, let me tell you about a game called Phantom Blade Zero, the game that oh. I looked at and I went, I love Sekiro and I love Bloodborne, and what if they put those together in a way that got me really hyped for something that was really tightly combat focused? Um, this was one of the better trailers from the show, I think. Yeah, this was like a really. It, it was it like it felt different. It felt uh, like it felt a bit fresh. And coming from um, uh, the the most recent Jedi game, I was sort of like, like I'll survive I, it. Yeah, like I'm I'm looking for something similar in that vein that feels um, like maybe even more combat focused. Like I was like, I remember thinking, cause I, when I was watching this trailer, I was also thinking about Ghost of Tsushima. And one of the issues that I had with that game that made me, that, that, that made me not love it. I liked it enough in the end, but I didn't love it was that the combat was um, like a, a, a little bit looser. There was a bit more um, uh, room for error as it just the nature of it's just a bit more approachable to a lot of people. Yeah, and like, yeah. And, and like, that's, that's not like, that's not a bad thing at all, but I wanted like, I played that game really soon after playing, I was playing Sekiro, which was, you know, that's my fault for like going from Sekiro <laughs> to Ghost of Tsushima and expecting to feel that same level of oomph. But I was getting some of those vibes from Phantom Blade Zero Um just really tight combat is kind of just what I'm in a really like I'm in the mood for that right now. I'm in the mood for one that looks really great. I love Elden Ring. It it's still like it's still a FromSoft looking game in a lot of ways. It's very pretty, but like I want one that feels like it's it belongs on the next gen console and is like just as tight, I guess. Mm. I'm not saying they're they're not worthy of confidence and those sorts of things. Does it concern you that up to this point the team has been cut? Like with this franchise, it is actually an established franchise for anyone who's unaware. It's been it's not fairly big on mobile for, for quite some time. Oh, I knew the name he- was familiar. Yeah. Hell Does it concern yeah. you in the sense of will that, will that not to say <laughs> that you're in, incapable of going mobile to PC or console because there's plenty of success stories, but does it concern you a little bit that perhaps they may not be able to make the jump that they've presented very well? 
but it may not actually, when uh, the controls in your hands, translate. Look, now that you told me that, a little bit. Um, but like, I, I want I, you to use the touchpad ninety <laughs> percent of the time. Yeah, yeah. You can only attack with a certain amount of energy, and then you got to wait half an hour to get some more. No, but like, I look. That does oh, concern the me. Chats all over the same thing. <laughs> it, it does. It, it does concern me a little bit, but I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm glad that they're really swinging for something, and that they're really going to push themselves to try something that is new. And I think there's room for more people in that space to make games like this. I think that it doesn't need to be stuck between like a couple of a couple studios. So, not saying mobile games are bad or anyone who makes them is bad. Not at all. <laughs> but it's it's obviously a huge jump, especially if that's the the path that you want to go down in terms of pursuing that very seemingly soulsy inspired sort of thing. It's, mm. it's a huge leap because of what's possible on the mobile platform versus what you can do when you're trying to embrace that sort of game. For me, um, I guess if we see more and I'm not talking about my mobile comments now, just, you know, treating it as how it's in terms of how it was presented. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's this intersection between I, I guess it's really like what Team Ninja's kind of done in the past because it's this intersection between Neo but also Ninja Gaiden and both of those games kick my ass. So I'm out, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm out <laughs> simply because I don't like, I mean, no matter which way you slice it, I'm going to die a lot. And I, don't, I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I've always, I'm in a similar boat, Paul, where I just, I shy away from those. Like I enjoy a good Souls game, like once they finally clicked for me. But yeah, like Neo, Ninja Gaiden, like the 3D ones, even the 2D ones, honestly, it's just like, I could, I could be doing something else. <laughs> I could be when, succeeding when in a video moments. game, but instead I'm dying repeatedly. Oh, yeah. But the what feeling, if I was having fun? Oh. There is no better feeling than the feeling of the success in those games because it is so little. <laughs> <laughs> those times are so few but when they are there they are huge scraps crumbs yeah, exactly crumbs of joy yeah uh so i'm i got a couple on my on my two here i'm just gonna breeze through them because they're, they're quite boring one of them was i was just i loved watching that final fantasy 16 trailer just because i'm so ready for it and like it felt like they recreated one of the older trailers for that game with just different parts of that game like i felt like i'd seen it already but i hadn't and the music was there and the animations are cool. And like, oh man, I was just so there for it. But like, I was watching it and I'm like, this isn't this isn't making me feel anything more towards it. I just already feel so much for it. And I'm just so ready to start getting into it. It's a game I want to media blackout on, but simply can't. And yeah. not just because Square Enix won't leave us alone with it. Yeah. But simply because whenever it does, you know, I mean, they won't leave us alone with it. But like when it pops up, I can't take my eyes off it. It's just... It presents so well. It really does. And yeah. it's, I mean, as, as as being said in the chat, like it's super soon now. It's three weeks. Yeah, so yeah, it is really soon. Three weeks and change. Three weeks. And it is maybe not the only Final Fantasy coming out this year. Um, maybe not. <laughs> and we've had six pixel remasters already. I know. That's true. And, and, That's true. and, a, and a rhythm game, which is fantastic, everybody. Kingdom Hearts and 4. And Crisis Core was just six months ago. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 4, Shadow Drop, Namura, Let's Final Fantasy go. 9 Remake, coming in strong. <laughs> That's probably the only way I'll get to playing that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you will not regret it. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll rant about Final Fantasy IX another time. Okay. <laughs> and, and a final one here is I loved this trailer for Assassin's Creed Mirage just because uh, I'm, I'm an old school Assassin's Creed diehard. And watching that style of Assassin's Creed go by the wayside over the last few years, I, it's, it's, I've spoken about it at length on this show. I won't belabor the point, but seeing this classic style represented in this trailer. I'm excited to see more at UB Forward. 
I'm excited to play it in whatever, honestly, in whatever state it's in. And even if it's like a subpar game, <laughs> I just kind of want that, that <laughs> I want one last go of it, of a, of an Assassin's Creed game of that style. It's, it's my absolute favorite and we, and we don't get it anymore. We get Valhalla instead and it's not the same. No. I'm all about the path they're going down. Um, I, I, I like Valhalla, but it was too much. I yeah. adore Odyssey, but like you, my my kind of heart is with the older Assassin's Creeds, Brotherhood two, four, four was starting to. I mean, it was amazing, but it was obviously the scope and size was getting ridiculous at that point. Mm. Um, even even Unity, and I think like there's a lot of people that are obviously really sour on Unity, but I think that's because their their experiences with it at launch. Yes. Um, and look, I mean, we can say that about a lot of games currently too. That like, if you just <laughs> if you just wait a month, don't yeah. worry, you'll have a great time. Except Golem, that thing is a turn, <laughs> um, and I had to endure that entire theming turn. Oh, oh no, Paul, I'm sorry, I'm so yeah. sorry, mate. Um, I'll, I'll actually uh, like sue them at some point and see how much I can squeeze it. There you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, I in my case at the time, I was reviewing Rogue. At, uh, at the time and I that was the that was the first thing I had to play so I was hearing all this noise about uni but like I'm still gonna play it I want to check it out and I want to see some of this stuff for myself but by the time I finally got around to playing it all the patches had rolled out and the game was great um and like there's very few games in that, that franchise that are better than unity now mm. um or even you know, unity probably two months after launch like they really fixed up some of those fours that were there and it's a fantastic game with some really great ideas so it's just a, it's just a shame um Shame that, yeah, it kind of got played in, in such a way. Who knows what direction they might have gone on had that succeeded because Syndicate struggled to yeah. get attention simply because of it. Yeah. And then they took their hiatus and they came back with a whole new direction. I'd be curious to see what would have happened if they went that way because it was closer to the sweet spot, I think, for us more OG Assassin's Creed fans. Yeah, you're speaking my language for 100%. And like as as someone who loves Origins like with my whole heart, like I, I adore that game. Like that's not that's not the franchise that everybody loved to begin with. Um, and like yeah. I love that game because I I never really loved those old Assassin's Creed games anyway. But I yeah. also like a lot of the changes were not the things that I loved about that game anyway. It was the story and the world. So it's like it the yeah. the parts of that game is that that I loved was not the changes that they made along the way. It was yeah. the other ad- adjacent stuff that they had sort of left by the wayside anyway. Yeah. So, uh, Paul, what, what else did you have on your list there? So, obviously, we've already spoken about Spider-Man and I could do so for a lot longer, but I won't. Uh, Alan Wake 2, which was, is like, I'm a big fan of Alan Wake from when it debuted on the Xbox 360 and really, really keen to, to pick up the second one. It's obviously far more of a horror game and less of the suspense style experience that we got in the original. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm not crazy about survival horror, but I am crazy about Alan Wake, so I'll be, so I'll be in for this. Um, I do love what they, like, I, I know there's, an audience that is torn about the whole no physical version to keep the cost down approach. And I get it because there's still a lot of physical games behind me, even phys- physical PS5 games. That I There's a few exceptions that I'm willing to make, but um, I, I, I think it's, I think it's really good for them because the franchise didn't light it up on the 360. They're trying to build it out. Control obviously was a bit of a slow burn, but it's been really successful as well. And Remy's just a team that I really want to see succeed. So I'm so um, glad. I think that's a model that can maybe, yes, it might up temporarily upset physical buyers. There's going to be an option. You'll get it through like a limited run games at some point in the future. So relax. You're gonna have to. <laughs> you're gonna put the disc in and have to buy, uh, download the full game anyway. So yep. I, who I'm, cares? I'm so glad Remedy's <laughs> able to finally like 
pick the pick and choose the projects that they really want to work on. And I know like yeah. that, that they that they have in a way done it in the wild, but you can tell that they've been like tepidly trying to balance ones that they know are going to hit more than maybe some others. And I I really hope that they get to the point where they can really pump out some games that are experimental and weird and don't kind of work all the way, but really are just something that I've never played before because yeah. they'll be able to do some stuff that is really unlike a lot of other teams. Um, and so I, I really hope that this is the beginning of them going like, what if we just fucking make some weird shit and just see what works? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yep. Charlie in the chat has made a great point that kind of counters mine in terms of it should be definitely physical because of the previous D listings. I guess the D listing was related to licensed music. They sorted that out. And yeah, um, I'd like probably to learned their lesson too. You hope that where it's, less and also, liable to that happening they're being published by epic now so like epic owns basically everything right yeah i, I was gonna say so like because they're not they're not they going license to... everything anyway so just while you're licensing a new song for Fortnite, let's just yeah. make sure it's <laughs> make sure we have a little dot point at the end that says also still allowed to be used in our wake too and yeah. they own Bandcamp now so they can apparently just use whatever fucking songs they want at some point anyway um and yeah like i think it's good now that they're going through a publisher like epic because 505 are a bit a bit Blakey. yeah yeah that's a that's a good way to put how they like to put out some of their physical versions and 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 stuff mm. so i'm um, I, I hope it works out better for them this way and my my other thing was the mm. and we were discussing this pre-show as being a point of conversation i'm mad about remote play like i've lost my mind to remote play this year so project q or the q light is going to be like a day one pickup for me. I know it's very much a luxury. I mean, games themselves are a luxury purchase. There's that disclaimer over the whole thing as well, but like this, this is an extra luxury on top of it. So I get why it may not be applicable, relevant, um, or even interesting to some people, especially considering things like the, the backbone exist. You can even just mount your, uh, your phone to a controller and use Bluetooth. And all. like you've got, there's so many different cheaper, inevitably cheaper options than this. Mm. But um, look, my reasons are kind of petty, but at the same time, like I, I, I use the, the backbone, I plug my phone in and that battery drains real. When people send me messages, I can't respond to them without disconnecting from the game. And if it's, if it's via 5G, it's a, you know, a lengthier process to re- like reestablish the connection with the PlayStation, go again. Um, there's all those sort of little, little things. I would just love to have a dedicated device. And so I'm, so I'm really keen to get my hands on it. Eight-inch screen is a good size. It's going to have all the dual sense functionality as well. I presume, you know, all the rumbles, all those sort of things, the... I love the backbone, but even like the sticks. I went to go play Horizon Forbidden West there the other day because I was just doing some cleanup on some mm. trophies there. And um, just the the feel, like it's the resistance that you get in the sticks with the, mm. the dual sense or any like normal traditional controller that aren't present in something like the backbone. So um, the fact that it can be, it can bring that entire controller moveset, for want of a better phrase, um, is really appealing to me on top of the, the fact that I just, it's so convenient to play these things remotely. And I guess, you know, a lot of people can say for a lot of games, we'll just play it on Switch, buy a Steam Deck. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, Project Q in light of the excitement and fervor for things like the Steam Deck and the, um, yeah, and the, the ROG Ally, yeah. And um, Aya Neo is always coming out with some cool PC handheld thing, like every three months, it seems like. But um, that the Project Q in the context of those devices is is very fascinating. I think a lot of people this week have been asking who is this device for. So I'm I'm actually really glad to hear that perspective from you, Paul. Um, yeah, I think so there's a one or two percent, and I'm certainly in that one or two percent. Like it's not this is not going to be something that's flying off shelves. I suspect. I'd yeah. love to be wrong, 
Uh, but um, like the the cost of entry requires a PlayStation Five to begin with, so it's already like it's it's already quite a high entry cost to it's the to VR get into situation that. all over again. Yeah, yeah, but mm. the I think. I think the thing for me about this about this handheld streaming thingy is I I just I need it to do something a little bit more than than something I already have in my pocket, right? Like and like yeah. like getting a getting a dedicated device for something like that is not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but like you've got to price it right at that point. You've you've got to that's, price it that's right. That's an important thing. And my mind immediately goes to when the PS4 came out and like uh, and then a few years later I, I picked up a Vita and then I could remote play from my Vita. Uh, so I, I could remote play my PS4 f- via my Vita. That thing was so cool because when I was done playing PS4 games on my Vita, because it wasn't always perfect, I could then just play a bunch of Vita games or I could stream an entire season of Agents of yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. directly to my Vita or I could do something else entirely on it. Um, and mm. this just... Like it doesn't well, have. It's not, it's not a native device, yeah. It's not. It's and it. No. It's also kind of ugly. Um, in my opinion, <laughs> well, yeah, it is. It is. I'm all. I'm all in for functionality, not for. Yeah, not for, totally. For the way it looks, that's for sure. It reminds me of the um those fake Photoshop mock-ups you get of like next generation of console. Here's what is in. It's like you know, it's like the the Xbox 720, and it's this yeah ridiculous yeah, orb yeah, with a with a digital. Mo- yeah, it reminds me of that and it like I kind of dig things that look like fake versions of the thing that they actually are but like, <laughs> also wait that aesthetic actually, actually appeals to you in the end in, in a weird way but not in a way that I think I will actually spend money on it I think I, yeah, I, I need it to do a little bit more than just stream my already expensive console the big thing will be the price and look I suspect yeah. that they are not PlayStation will probably not be willing to eat it on this but no geez it would be a good idea to like if yeah if if and it doesn't have to be a lot, but like if you can get that thing where it's, I mean it's going to be more than a backbone, but if you can get it somewhere in the ballpark and say the screen is already there, you don't have to use your own device. You can continue to use your own device now while you play that. Like and they start rattling off a a list of reasons that are as to why this is a good thing. I, I know and this. Suddenly you get people considering at the very least or go okay well you know for 50 bucks extra i can get this dedicated device rather than have to clip it to my phone i can still use my phone and you know blah 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 Mm -hmm. as i save the battery suddenly that because i I really do think there's and people are discovering it through things i mean the switch is obviously we've had seven years of at this point but um through things like the switch through things like the the steam deck and the several other options that are all starting to pop up at the same time now like there's i think a growing interest in going portable which is fantastic, and Nintendo mm. once again always ahead of the curb in yes. weird backwards ways. But um, so the, it's it's a good idea for them to get there. But if if you don't price it right, then you just you're shooting yourself in the foot straight away. And the, the, yeah, the, the thing that I was thinking of, which I think Charlie kind of alluded to in the chat, was that like the, give the, his feet a two. Well, I mean, like always, but like the <laughs> yes. the, the thing that threw me was like I thought about it for a little bit after it was announced, and I was kind of so confused why this wasn't a device that also connected to their streaming services to just stream games directly from the cloud onwards oh, because I didn't even think of that what, we, a, what a slam dunk because we know xbox have been really struggling to work out what that's going to be in their ecosystem even though they've got the cloud infrastructure to go in you know more markets than, than ever but like if sony could have snuck in with this this weird looking device that will actually connect to their servers and you can just like buy the thing and get a play, get a PlayStation 
triple plus subscription or whatever it's called, play all of their backlog of games that you can stream. I know that would probably in a, in a roundabout way kind of maybe slow down some of their PS5 console purchases, which they also definitely don't want to do. But I think a lot of people who own PS5s would then consider that as a device that they could just do cloud streaming directly onto their machine. Yeah, I think the, the, the problem that they're facing if you went down that sort of pathway is if you've got this device, at the, the, the bottleneck on that whole idea is the fact that it is Wi-Fi only. Now, this yeah. takes us right yeah. back to the whole Vita conversation and the 3G version versus the, the Wi-Fi version and even PSP Go and all those sorts of things at the same time. Um, the streaming is only important when you're on the fly, like if you're actually away from the home because if you're connected to Wi-Fi... Uh, then you're connecting to your console and the console streams like it streams to console straight onto your device and off you go. So there's actually, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of purpose in then being able to cloud any of that sort of stuff when you can already, do, I mean, not, the, not the way here in Australia you can do it because yeah. apparently our internet's not good enough to be able to stream games yet. Clowns. Um, <laughs> come, on, <laughs> come on, Jim. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think, but like there could have been a market for people who don't have a PlayStation 5 but have decent Wi-Fi or even people who, like I remember when Halo Infinite came out, the first thing I did when, when I loaded it up was I hit download on my Xbox console, saw the thing that said like, oh, it'll be ready in, you know, five hours or whatever. And then there was a little button next to the, the downloading button, which is, do you want to cloud stream it? while it's downloading and i went whoa okay this is this is kind of the future and i just immediately started playing that game while it was downloading onto my console and so i think there is a level of excitement around i can just jump into this game immediately even for people who like for me definitely for for people who don't have a ps5 but even for, for people who do who have maybe filled up their 800 gigabytes of storage immediately um or people who just don't really want to commit to downloading a 60 70 gigabyte game without playing it you know that there would be maybe a market for those people to get involved in something like this but it's again that's a different device like that's that is a mm, it seems like it'll be yeah it's a bigger device than what this currently is and i think it's the kind of device that 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 playstation's too shy to go for after the failure of the vita like i don't i don't see them entering that market not for a long time yet not until maybe the the ally can do well then yeah. then they might think to themselves of oh, the if if bloody asus can can survive against the steam deck then maybe we can figure something out there yeah. or even yeah, when I, they look around at their metrics about all you know different regions of the world and their connections and that sort of thing and they can sit back comfortably and say using us us as an example since we're not worthy of premium and all that sort of stuff <laughs> uh like you know with there are enough regions in this world that can stream this thing without any concerns that we're confident to go with it yeah because until until they're at that point they're going to say well there's going to be haves and haves nots and all those sorts of things, and it's just going to become, it's too much of a problem for us, so let's not do it. Totally. Um, And it's a shame, but uh, just PlayStation, our infrastructure is good enough mostly. Yep. So just do it. (laughs) Jim, if you're not aware, we're live streaming this right now. Like, we can can handle it. It's cool. Like, all three of us are on a call at once with, like, audio and video streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Insane technology. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right about the price. Like PlayStation's history in last re- in in recent years has me not at all hopeful that they will find that right price. They'll find the price that's right for them, and it won't be right for consumer. Yeah. I've got one more uh, on my list. Crossing <laughs> <laughs> all my fingers. Yeah, I've got one more on my list. It's not one that I'm like, hell yeah, this is exciting, but it is one that I need to talk about. 
okay. as a like top announcement of like of the show, but not one of a personal of mine, just because I. Oh, he's about to talk about Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know me so well. Um, no, it was uh, Metal Gear Solid. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, um, no, that's a good point because. I we knew this was coming, right? Like the, it had been in and around the 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 rumor mill for for long enough that we knew this was coming around. We'd seen Konami, you know, hiring. This franchise developers. has been this franchise has been so completely dead for so many years. Yeah, and this has become the worst kept secret that they're reviving it yeah. over the last twelve to eighteen months. Yeah, and like that's not necessarily a bad thing, but like that like we finally got the announcement that, that yeah they are remaking Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater. Um, this, this gave me immediate flashbacks to Metal Gear Survive. Really? Yes. Ooh. And, and I'm not saying like, and you know, like, like I'm not saying, you know, it's going to look like that or it's going to play like that or whatever, but just the immediate re- realization that, yeah, we are going to get more Metal Gear. And once again, we are going to get more Metal Gear without that Kojima like little bit of zest. His that, name. That little bit of flavor. Times. <laughs> yes. <On> that, yeah. <laughs> but seeing that trailer, and I'm not saying that you need him to do it, but they are, they so want to emulate that. You know, they're talking yeah. about using the old voice lines, which I'm not against, but they're talking about, you know, really remaking an authentic Metal Gear Solid 3 um, uh, remake. And that's, that's so messy considering the history of, of that studio and that franchise and that person yeah. and that team. Um, it, it is so strange to see them look at that and go like, let's try that again and let's almost not really change the playbook from last time because there was an immediate absence in my mind when I was watching this trailer of like, I don't know if they're going to, be able to look i think remaking a previous game is the first step to understanding how to make a new one which they will obviously at some point want to make a new one you know they've got that movie that's probably never going to come out with oscar isaac at some point going like they they're making moves with this franchise but i don't know if they're going to be able to get all the way there in a way that feels authentic to that franchise say that um i'm actually not a student of Metal Gear whatsoever. So I'm, actually, I'm looking at it through a lens of, well, complete and utter inexperience. So I, I'm keen on it in the sense that I understand that this is like the beginning of the timeline. So in terms of get, me getting my head around the lows and all sorts of weird shit that goes on in that franchise, I'm keen to kind of get on there, but I do, I, I do desperately hope that they nail it simply, regardless of whether I guess they try and put their own little bit of flavor in there or they lean 100% into like, this is Kojima's Metal Gear remade. Um, and I'll be kind of curious to see what path they go down. And I hope that just whatever they choose to do, that they really, they execute. Um, yeah. Because we look over it and see what Capcom's been doing with all their Resident Evil remakes and obviously totally different genres, but um, it's one of the, I mean, for the longest time, it's been one of their most direct competitors and they are nailing it. And I sincerely hope that Konami can as well. The- Slash. I guess Virtuous, who's clearly the one working on the game. That, so that, I won't say it. That was my immediate other thought was like, because I was watching this trailer thinking about the Metal, uh, sorry, the, the Resident Evil 4 remake and the Resident Evil 3 remake and the Resident Evil 2 remake. And yeah. I was like, oh, these are like, these are such high bars that they don't necessarily need to be competing against, but they are because yeah, it's, yeah. it's just this like that, it's that same space that they're working in. Um, 
And it's also that that realm of you're you're looking. It's not just remakes in general, but it's also remakes of some of the heaviest hitting, well known franchises in the medium, like Resident Evil and Final Fantasy VII, yeah, and and Metal Gear Solid. These are huge names that have all sold millions of copies across decades. And there's a fine tight line to walk already before you get into the messy Kojima situation of like, are we honoring the old enough? Is it too modern in some ways where it loses some of the flavor? Like I know some people didn't love the new RE4 remake for that same, same thing. And it's just, it's, it, it was messy when Kojima left nearly eight years ago and it's messy now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else got any got any top three, or should we just move on to the final part of this, which is what are their first party doing? Shout out to Foam Stars. Your foam Stars. <laughs> I thought that I looked saw... all right. Really? I what? thought that looked okay. Oh, Jeremy, no. <laughs> Only because I was like, look, Are you into bad Splatoons. Well, look, the thing is, I'm into. I don't like. I don't enjoy playing the game Splatoon, and so if someone else is making a, the game mode that I think is cool, but not the character controller that I don't enjoy, I will. I will give it a shot. And I and <laughs> and you know what? I don't trust Square Enix with a live service game as far as I can throw them. But I, if I can play it twice and have fun with it and not have to pay much money for it then okay uh, you, you touched there, on it there already like i saw that square enix thing and i was like huh what's this and then oh, this could be was, great it could be dragon quest Uh-oh. yeah and then i see these like these characters i'm like all right we're looking at a class-based multiplayer game of some type and, and then it's this splatoon knockoff and i'm like oh no There's room for splatoon there knockoffs? is a square enix pr person somewhere around the world right now that has heard you specifically say that you are into it and so everyone watching and listening, look forward <laughs> to the future because this guy is going to yeah. pass it all over the internet. <laughs> the top headline act on Twitch, sponsored by Square Enix, promoting Foam Stars. Uh, you, you might be the only one. You, you, you've caught me ready. Be, you're going to have some prime real estate. And like, <laughs> look, we know Square Enix, it, it's already fallen below expectations, but this one has legitimately fallen below expectations because I don't think anyone aside from me is going like, hell yeah, this looks all right. Charlie, oh, looks like think? Charlie in the chat's with you. Fuck but yeah. um We'll have yeah, a phone party and not invited. In yeah. <laughs> I'll watch. Uh, so, yeah, you, you touched, we, we sort of bounced around our different topics throughout our, our top three list there, which is which is good. So we had a decent spread there. Um, but, yeah, like Jeremy said, there, there are a couple of big overall sort of questions left behind by this conference at the end of the, or this uh, presentation at the end of the day, which is... Um, we're starting to see what PlayStation's future in live service games looks like, but also we have, we are very much in the dark when it comes to the, the future, the near future offerings of what we traditionally think of as the, the, the bread and butter of Sony's first party catalog. Um, you know, we're missing so many things that I was expecting to be there. You know, we mentioned before Ghost of Tsushima, we mentioned, um, Oh, there was something else there, but like we didn't see anything from Bend. We thought we might see Last of Us Factions finally this this um, wow, this wow. week, and like and there's this the kind of the list goes on and on. Blue Point wasn't there, and co- compared yeah. to uh, the uh, the original showcases in the lead up to the PS5 and just past it, you know where we got Spider Man Two and Wolverine back to back reveals, where we got Ratchet and Clank and Horizon, God of War Ragnarok, uh, Spider Man Miles Morales, like all of these huge games. 
it 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 really begs the question of like what 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 is happening for them at the moment because they were hitting a pace that was faster than this and maybe you know three years post covid this is this is the real hit of that impact maybe now where projects that finished as covid started like the last of us like ghost of tsushima those games where their where their sequels or their follow-ups began in a remote covid lockdown world maybe that and and these games that already take years to make this maybe this is the real slowdown effect that we're starting to see in the industry in that regard but it it has me a little concerned because this is what they've built their success on for the last 10 years i would say since the since the ps4 came out off the back of naughty dogs um excellent games on the ps3 that not everyone got to play so um yeah for either of you i guess my question would be did this leave you concerned for these studios or are you just you know happy that they're they're just taking a bit more time and they'll be there when they be there what what where did their absence sit with each of you Paul? Okay. I mean, look, there's there's obviously quite a few names that you mentioned there that didn't there didn't show up. And I mean, as I said before, I was a little bit surprised that Santa Monica didn't like if that second mm-hmm. game is true, that didn't show up. But you could make the same argument for so many different games. I mean, Bend get gets floated. I think we could throw that out straight away. But apparently the internet believes that Days Gone 2 is a thing. Oh my god, give me a fucking break with the Days Gone. They are working on a new IP. They said they, that 12 months they've ago. They've said it so many times. And I don't know. Look, I mean, I guess there's always the argument that maybe someone else is working on it, but it's not happening. PlayStation <laughs> no, <laughs> doesn't like it in the end. They don't like it. Um, but I can imagine John Garvin and Jeff Ross jumping up and down, something shocking over it. Yeah. Anyway, um, their bend, I guess, kind of accounted for. And I, I do think your point about the pandemic and the timing where some of these studios would have been at probably plays a big part. I think those conceptual stages, those pre-production stages, when you're not actually fully staffed up, are probably a lot harder because you. I, I think there's a lot of that creativity at the beginning of that process when everyone's waxing, oh, we could do this, we could do that. And, like, you know, those foundational elements that, would have been much slower going and if you can't see things and you like just the inconveniences of doing things remotely at the beginning there would have perhaps really hampered uh some of those earlier stages of development so maybe that's why we're having troubles with the naughty dog uh, the naughty dog last of us multiplayer maybe that's why it's taking us a bit longer to to learn about what blue point is up to etc cetera, etc cetera. so um i mean i would have thought that you know we'd have heard from a Sobe by now uh with yes what I presume will be Astrobot something, but it's it's a really fascinating position that they're in. And once again, it is just like at the very beginning of the the generation, it is Insomniac saving the day again. Yeah, like they they, they did at the beginning with obviously Miles and Ratchet, mm-hmm. and here they are with Spider Man Two, and presumably Wolverine the following year. And I guess in a sense, it's awesome that you've got a team that literally by their name, by as their own name implies, does not sleep um, <laughs> because it allows you to get these games out and buys time for all the others who actually, you know, just get do an eight hour day. And yeah, no, no. And so I will not suggest otherwise Insomniac is one of the best studios in the world when it comes to looking after their employees, but also yeah. they're a beast. <laughs> what are they doing? They're so good. Oh, that they showcase, are buying time. 
that showcase when they revealed Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine three months after they released Ratchet and Clank and nine months after they released Miles Morales. Like, I remember my That's first sad. instinct was like, is, is Insomniac okay? Yeah. Are they all right? They like, all what's right? happening over there that they could do this magic? <laughs> and, and like, I think, th- I, I am worried that, yeah, like, you know, like I said, we're talking about the Spider-Man 2 thing. Like, I, I am worried that they are going to accidentally, like, just run themselves into the ground a little bit um, because while we do know for like a good long while that like, yeah, like they have been treating like a, a lot of the devs quite well. Like you do wonder, like, please don't stop doing that um, because yeah, you the are, pressure you, on them is huge. You, right? you, well, I'll, admit, I'll admit speaking to Grant for Dev Dory last year, he still spoke about eight hour days and the, the lead, like Great. the way they empower their employees to ensure that they are doing things right consistently. That, 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 um, that is, is wonderful awesome. to hear. And, and it, um, it does make you, hope that I, I hope that they at that point then they are comfortable delaying games if they need to um yeah and you know like wolverine is kind of a question mark in terms of what we what that game is even going to be right um and how they want that game to come out because it's you know it's not just like sony saying like hey we want another spider-man game like wolverine is yeah Wolverine is not spider-man um and wolverine has got a different direct audience than spider-man um still very wide but not spider-man um, and so you do look at some of the other studios going like, okay, Ghost of Tsushima, like we know it's Ghost of Tsushima 2. Like, I feel like we maybe should have seen something about that by now. Like even just an announcement of an announcement as they've sort of done a lot of this showcase. Like it's been a hot minute. Um, I think that's a division of resources thing over there. I, I reckon Legends is going to be a really big thing this time around. Like it could uh, be its own standalone product. And so you've had to, yeah, share the resources internally a little bit more. It did um, quite well for them, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they ever shared any data on the whole thing, but certainly it was received incredibly well. And yeah. I, think, I think if they can really blow that out and and make it more than kind of a side portion, well, maybe, like, that maybe even into, a standalone live service, then look out. Exactly. It fits into Sony's sort of bifurcated focus now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, where do, I, think, I can't remember the exact number. I think it was like 60% of their investments to, like within first party is going towards live service games. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's going to be a larger chunk because you're actually trying to build these things up from scratch. But yeah. uh, And that's, so that's pretty natural up to a point. But, I mean, I hope that something like Legends is a part of that because Legends is fantastic. And, um, and I think touching on that, I do hope that that the the studios two online horizon games oh, no. and, <laughs> True. oh my god um and like but like i do hope that the studios that are working on a lot of these live service games are working on those live service games because they have a really cool live service game idea that they really want to work yeah. on and not hey guess what time to make a live service game get in those trenches because we yeah, got we yeah. got to, we got to make some reoccurring money here like i i hope that they're not going to start pushing that through because we've seen that fail over and over and over again and it's a really it's such an obvious trap to fall into right like i don't want them to have to all have like i don't want every studio to have to put out a game that requires them to support for 3 years because they need to have uh, retention rates and return of investment across seasons of content. Um, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, I don't expect that this this focus that they've spoken about that we saw we saw the beginnings of really coming to fruit here in this showcase. I don't expect that to fully distract PlayStation, especially not if they have a couple of bombs. Um, because at the end of the day, God of War Ragnarok sold like ten million copies in a month or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, like at, that, that those games still are. 
like keeping like PlayStation on. and and maybe Sony as well afloat. Um, and I don't think they're going to forget that anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, it 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 is a bit strange and concerning. Um, where is Blue Point? It's, it's, where is like where where is Blue Point? Because it's. But it, I, I think they're in the same position. I think they're like their project launched in the middle of the pandemic. They, yep, I mean, I I'm sure they probably. I'd imagine it's probably another remake, so maybe that conceptual stage not as bad. But mm. look, I think there there is a little bit of strategic stuff. I'm, I'm confident there's a degree of PlayStation going into this showcase, going, we can probably just lean on Spider Man here. We know yeah. what I mean, and we know we've seen figures in terms of what Spider Man and Miles Morales have done. Like it's it's unreal, and yeah. we've seen the. I, I was blown away that the top. I mean, there was there was data going around for the top most watched videos from from this, like the stuff that's been broken out. I was I was shocked that um, Spider Man wasn't number one, but it was that close to number two with like twelve mil, million views in twenty four hours. It was something absurd. Yeah, wow. um, it was it was ridiculous. Uh, I'll have to try. And, I can't even remember what number one was. It might have been Benji Sales that shared it. I'll have to check it. But um, the, uh, the phone party was... game. It was the the phone party. Oh, game. of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course, it was yeah. Phone Stars. Yeah, I've got it on. Oh. I've got it on loop on my on my third monitor. So it's it's still it's still up there. Good, yeah. good, good, good. <laughs> uh, so I think they, yeah, I think they might be one of those that's in that position where pre pro and it, you know, has kind of hampered things a little bit, perhaps. But we'll have to we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, mm. Who else are we not thinking? I did see Team Eco get shouted out in the chat. I love everyone. Yeah. So much. I need I need to make sure I'm crystal clear. That studio's dead. They're gone. Yeah, but 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 has got his own team. thing. Awade has got his own part- thing. Yeah, he's got his own thing. He's not. It's not uh, yeah. not Team uh, Team Eco anymore. That like it, that's a that's a partnership. If we see a, a UADA game come to PlayStation again, so yes. and, and actually no. They're like his new team is partnered with Epic. He was part of that um, same deal that saw Alan Wake and uh, the Moon Studios with like the next their new, oh next game God. after Ori. He's part of all oh, that. It's, a, it's an epic. It's an epic game. I remember that press release, and I remember there was like five or six people in there. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure that was them. I, I don't think it was. That's so fascinating. The journey. I don't think it was the Journey guys. Uh, they got a partnership with Epic, um, that game company. But like the. The, the, it's so fascinating the, on on um I've, I've got like the the last guardian book um that they put out like that art book and making of book and at the end there's a there's a brief Some interview rain. with Fumita with 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 Ueda saying like what are you going to work on next and he said like well i'm gonna have a break first and everyone's like okay good but then he's like like what kind of things do you want to work on next and he's he expressed the interest in making a first person shooter which is just <laughs> the funniest fucking thing in the That's world. So could you it's going to get taken imagine? out of context, but you're shooting love at people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just like, oh. could you imagine <laughs> Last Guardian-esque first-person shooter? Oh, my God, I'd love also, it. Also, Marathon was that game that was watched even more than Spider-Man 2. Oh, Marathon, wow. right. Interesting. Good on Bungie Because, of course, all the Xbox fans came aboard as well, and they're like, oh, we'll check this out. Yeah, and the Destiny heads, yeah. yeah. Uh, excellent memory, Paul. This is from March 26th, 2020. Today, Epic Games is announcing a new multi-platform publishing effort with a developer-first approach. Gen Design, Playdead, and Remedy Entertainment are the first partners to announce relationships with Epic Games Publishing. Yeah, so wow. more than three years ago now, we, we saw that. But yeah, um, that is not going to be published through Sony. Yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> I could get, like Alan White, could get the limelight on the PlayStation. Like yeah. I think that association is really important. Um, I think when people, you know, will see you at his name, they'll, they'll think PlayStation. So I think it makes sense to, to come across there. And obviously PlayStation's invested a fair bit in, 
in uh, Epic over recent years. So I think like that partnership and that friendship relationship is strong. And so I think it might pop up there once it finally does, but I possibly not exclusive. No. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So it's, look forward to it though. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Echo's it, dead. Team Echo's dead. Well, yeah, we were talking about this last week in our predictions, how funny it was that, you know, the last guardian was announced for PS3 and that whole, the whole last guardian saga, but how Ueda like left that team made his own studio. And then that studio got contracted to finish the game. He left behind on the new systems yeah. and then it came out and it was a, a new way to game, you know, <laughs> amazing, <laughs> incredible. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, you, you couldn't, you couldn't write that. Yeah. And then, yeah, not seeing factions there, not seeing Naughty Dog there. Like on the one hand, I get it. I've been really conflicted about this. And I guess this is sort of the last real sort of uh, point here, but I've been conflicted about this. Cause it's like, how many times over the last year have we said, Oh, if you need to push it, you need to push it. That's fine. Um, and I still believe that. Yeah. But, there's what we're what we're running into, I think, is this thing that I think Sony wisely knows to stay away from now, but they, they couldn't help with this game because it was meant to be a part of the initial release of The Last of Us Part, part two, 2 in 2020, which was three years ago now. So we've been looking forward for what was just this mode for a game that we've had for three years. We've been looking forward to this mode for three years. So there's this assumption that it's coming soon, or or even if they're developing it intensely they've at least, you know, it's just a mode for this other thing. We're going to see it soon. And it's not here at this conference. And then days later, Jason Schreier comes out saying that they've drastically reduced the staff on this. They've gone back to the drawing board. It's not coming anytime soon. They, they need to rethink it. And it's, it's going through a massive upheaval internally. It's like... I kind of don't know what to think about this project anymore. Like, I was excited about the, the prospect of a well-made plenty of time given to fully fleshed out factions mode. But now I just don't even know what we're going to get or when we're going to get it. And I feel, I feel a bit, I feel like there's been too much pressure on this at the end of the day, because it's been the only thing we've known really about from Naughty Dog. I feel, I feel for the studio, honestly. And it makes me wonder what is happening with other machinations in terms of other games, whether whether we you know whether it ends up being Last of Us Part Three, new IP, whatever it ends up being, and I think obviously Last of Us Part Three is going to be in the works at some point now. Like yeah, you can't look at that HBO show success and and the fact that I would argue the Last of Us Part Two as a less conclusive ending than the original. Obviously, there was you know plenty of questions about you know about it, but I th- like it felt complete at that point. Mm-hmm. It felt like that one game we release it and it's done but then if we go back to it we can continue well the last was part two feels like their story left to be told now so um despite the fact that they took us an eternity to get to the main point at the very end um <laughs> it's yeah. so i feel like they, they're kind of compelled to go there for a myriad of different reasons now it's just it's just when and has this has you know resources been allocated to multiplayer the multiplayer game gotten in the way mm. um let alone if there was another new IP on the on the way on top of it all. Yeah. PlayStation has invested a lot of money in its internal studios to build, not only focus on multiplayer, but also to help them grow. So I'm wondering whether they will ever consider themselves a two-team studio again, like like what they were when they did Uncharted 3 and The Last of Us, which damn near killed a lot of them. They were not yeah. they were not happy about that, but they've scoped they've sized up so much since that maybe Maybe the thing is like we can actually do this. We've actually got a 
And you know, I mean, just knowing some of the people that are there now, and obviously there was a lot of talent before. I'm not, do not, <laughs> no one, please interpret me as suggesting that Amy Hedig or some of the others that have left in the years since were anything other than amazing as well. But it feels like they've got even more high-end talented people that they can say, okay, there's team one, there's team two. Hmm. We don't have to feel like we're taking from one to give to the other or anything like that. We can really nail this thing. And maybe there's, maybe it's even three if you're talking about. The multi the, the multiplayer project like it's yeah if factions I think that's probably stretching team. it a bit far but yeah, like but if um, factions has got its own team then then like are they only working on one single player project at a time then because it's it is awkward to ba- to balance those two those two drastically different studio uh, uh, teams and projects and 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 working across those there would be less cross pollination across you know the the directorial team or the you know the narrative oh. team across what would also be a online service team with live ops and networking you know like they they don't always connect in that sort of way so you do wonder if they do have a third little offshoot going i mean i can honestly just picture a whole bunch of this is now being really like nasty (laughs) i can just picture a whole bunch of naughty dog developers sitting there looking at a whiteboard that says the last was part three but neil's busy making the tv show they're like (laughs) what do we do (laughs) what do we do (laughs) it's like (laughs) Can we bring yeah, Joel back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goes to Joel. <laughs> it's really into golf. Um, yeah. No, it's it's a weird situation over there. <laughs> it's a it's a weird. I kind of wish that like The Last of Us had been less successful at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to, to be even nastier. Why do so many got, people love you? Damn it. To, yeah. to be even nastier, it's not even a bunch of people looking at a whiteboard that says Last of Us Part Three. It's a bunch of people looking at the whiteboard saying Last of Us Part One remade, remade, remade. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it needs to be said. Last of Us Part Two still isn't on their subscription service. Like, what? What are you? There's, doing? Not, there's not even a PS5 Definitive version of that edition. Game. Yeah. yeah. Well, at some point, maybe with factions, huh? Yeah. Huh? What, what, what did we call? What, yeah. It was a definitive edition that we got with Ghost and uh, uh, Director's Cut. cut wasn't it? Director's Cut. Director's Cut. There it is. Oh, Neil! Oh, Neil will eat that and... shit up. <laughs> he would love a Director's it's, Cut. Oh. Yeah. Now uh, I'm I'm aware we've 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 gone a little over our time as we. As almost we always, always do. do here so we'll uh i have we'll, one we'll... final question to the panel one final Please. one when are we going to see deep down oh <laughs> I'm you waiting. messaged me after last week's show and you said i didn't mention deep down i, I, I was like when we finally. see pragmata <laughs> when, when we see pragmata i'm gonna have to google that in the in the in the in the, in the pragmata was show. the other one that was announced very deep downish by capcom again at the 2020 showcase, I, the the one where they announced the console and everything. I gotta love them. I love that. Yeah, it looked like it looked like a Death Stranding. Oh, Pragmata, the one in space game. with the with the astronaut and the kid. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The astronaut looks really Kojima, all that sort of stuff. But it was Capcom. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, we'll have a look no, at you that. saying you saying that you need to Google that is the most deep down response <laughs> after having mentioned deep down yeah. I've ever seen. I, I need to, I need to get involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah. Uh, we're going to throw it to a quick break um, and then, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll make sure you can get out of here, Paul. Uh, but yeah, thank you again so much for joining us for this segment. It's, it, it's been a lot of fun and very good to, to have that breadth of knowledge. And I mean, we wouldn't have had that Epic Games gen design callback. Uh, there was something hand, deep otherwise. in the bowels of my mind that just <laughs> rose to the top when you said that. So Yes, but if people want to keep up with you, uh, where where would you suggest that they can do that? Uh, look, Paul James Games on most, if not all, of the social media platforms that I actually use because you know 
fuck TikTok. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, you know, Twitter, Instagram, like that's, you'll, you'll get me at Paul James Games there. And that, that's where you'll see me promoting Dev Diary. You'll see links to reviews and previews and all the assorted bits and pieces I do for Player 2. Um, I even, I mean, for, for the AFL fans amongst us, like I even do footy related stuff these days. And I, I it really end up being a case of, working with someone recognizing that I was doing dev diary and saying, Hey, any chance you want to do that in the footy realm as well? And so I get to speak to a whole bunch of footy people, which was awesome. When oh, some, that's little, sick. some little punk punk ass kid stole the footy off my son that got given to him after, after a game, it was his foot, first footy game. We got him to the fence. Tom Hawkins of all people gave him a footy. He was beaming. And then some little prick eight or nine year old lent across, stole the footy out of his hands and ran off. Well, I managed to draw on those contacts that I've built since and got a new one sent to him from the club. I'm like, Oh, Oh, well, this is that's exactly why I'm doing this thing. Yes. That's amazing. That's so now that's just on the best game developers, that story. Game developers. Now to draw some parallels here. <laughs> if you can send me all the details in every game you're working on, that would be amazing. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't tell anyone. No. no. So you see me you on that. You just want to sit there satisfied with your with your wealth of knowledge. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And just dangle it in front of everyone. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you again for I know when Wolverine's Paul. coming. Yeah, I know what I know what Naughty Dog's next IP is. <laughs> Neil told me himself. <laughs> it's been an absolute well, yeah. pleasure, Paul. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, yeah, it's, thank it's you. Been, it's been great. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. We'll uh, we'll chuck it to the break. If you're in chat, we'll uh, we'll hang out with you during the the break. And when we come back, we'll no doubt just be talking about Zelda for, for the remainder of the show. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. We've been talking about Star Wars. <laughs> I didn't bring it up this time. You did. <laughs> yeah. For the first fun. time, like in a very long time, I was. Hey, not sometimes the one. it's been me. Sometimes it's me during in the, in one of these shows where I bring it up and then we go off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, to it to be fair, we have had a couple of weeks break from doing that. The last couple of weeks, I think. Yes. Um, yes. But uh, it felt good. Mm. yeah as always <laughs> uh we're back from the break huge thank you to paul again for joining us that was so much fun um uh yeah there's something about i mean e3 but also playstation conferences like there's like i i wouldn't call you and i playstation fans per se no i'm but at the same oh, time I, I would call you a playstation have... fan i would call you a playstation fan yeah, I'm. I would call me a critical PlayStation fan, I guess. Mm. Um, like I'm not. A, I'm not a fanboy, I guess. Because like there are so many things that they do that I'm not happy with, you know, and that yeah. I wish they did differently. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I'm not. I'm not. I feel like if you're a fanboy, you're not paying attention. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but like, we always have so much to say about PlayStation. So it was great to have uh, someone else there to bounce that energy off of as well yes yeah, um, absolutely now that we're in the rest of the show mm. let's talk about what we've been playing yeah. um i can only talk about so much about what i've been playing and what i can talk about is zelda because i've been playing zelda and i'm not the lowest amount of hours on my list at 40 hours over the last two and a half weeks mm. of like my friends list but i am i'm I'm pretty low compared to most of my other friends. Like a lot of people hanging around the 60 mark. I saw a, a 90 yesterday, 80 
a lot of that 60 to 65 area. Yeah, I th- um, that's that's about I think where I'm at. Um I'm I'm not 100% sure because I haven't looked, but I'm probably around. I'm around. You're there. you're around there, you're something yeah. like that. Um, I've, I've, so I, I've I done the entire Hyrule like, map, for example. Like all, all my Hyrule is now, I can see it all. Right, cool. Mine is getting there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's been so fun. I like we, we've spoken about the game already. We didn't talk about it last week because we ran out of time because of course we did. But um, yeah, it's just kind of, this is just kind of our time to sort of bring it up again and just sort of sit in the Zelda feelings. Like, Jeremy, where's this game sitting for you? Because you've really stuck with this game in a way that, obviously in a way that you didn't with Breath of the Wild the first time. Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm now, I'm, I'm over where the hump would have been that allowed me to fall off the game the very first time before I got into it this year, yeah. um, comparing the two, um, where I've done like three of the four main first objectives and I've done a lot of side stuff. Like I've done a ton of the depths. Yeah. I, I love the depths, Kerry. I love the depths. I'm yeah, having, I, I like the depths too. I'm Although not all. It was, it, was, it was funny. I got on a call with uh, our friend Ollie this weekend and we, he was just playing Zelda. He was like, oh, I just did this. And, and we just accidentally started going off. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, this. And then I did this and yep. I did this silly thing and this. And yep. at the end of it, there was like five seconds of silence at one point. I was like, Sorry, I guess I really wanted to talk about that. <laughs> but it, please go on, not to interrupt. Well, it's such a it's such a um, it's such a shared game. Uh, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, um, as well as Breath of the Wild. Um, there is so much shared discoverability that, like, because it is it is that perfect mix of the the game putting the player in the position that you feel like you are the one that is discovering so much of the game because it's stuff you're tripping over or stuff that the game is uh, quietly leading you to that, that shared experience of exploring that world for the first time. I don't feel like that I'm ticking the same boxes everyone else is ticking. I feel like yeah. I'm exploring that world differently to how everybody else is exploring that world but like like i almost like wouldn't recognize their world in that in that interesting way where like i am i am shaping the character of my hyrule by deciding which direction i'm going to go at any given moment right like everybody how to get there and how to get there everybody i think has got some vague idea of where they first went when they first were let loose on that world and where their last tower was that they that they unlocked on the segment of the map and roughly where they've been in the depths and where they've been in the sky that my Hyrule will look almost like uh, unrecognizable to yours because I won't actually have been to the same places you've been, um, which is kind of fucking incredible, right? <laughs> like, um, th- there's, a, there's a really impressive um, uh, shaping that is going on when, when you're progressing through this game that is so incredible to um to discover um and i and i don't i don't know how they did that um because like and I, i was talking today because it's it's one of the rare games that at some point at some point every single day at work someone will bring up the game whether it's me whether it's 
like, like you mentioned, Ollie, who I work with. Maybe it's someone else entirely. Maybe it's one of my bosses who took off the day that I came out on leave as well because he was really into this game and it's his favorite game. And mm-hmm. he's a new father and he was like, I, I don't know how much time I'm going to have to play over the weekend when it's my my wife's very first Mother's Day. So I'm going to take the Friday off so, oh. I can, so I can really dig in, poor guy. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, like it, it, there's a, there's a level of like, we're all going through this, this, this like epic tale of, of, of grand fantasy, um, in our own way, even stuff like the story, right. You know, the, the, the way the teardrops, um, are all available to you from like the second you get into Hyrule, like, and that is like so much of the main story of the game, but the teardrops I've gone to and the teardrops you've gone to are going to be very different that your your perspective on the story and my perspective of the story are going to be so different. And that's so cool that it is exciting to hear your version of that game yep. for me. And it is exciting for you to hear my version of that game because it's like another one. It's like they've made an infinite multiverse of Zeldas and everybody gets to go through their own one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I think that's a, a fun read. It's, um, I've been thinking about how they've done this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> As <laughs> we like, all have. Yeah. But there's something so, something so good about this being set in that, Breath of the Wild world, but changed and and refactored. Um, there's something so good about it being such a direct sequel um, because, like, it means that I do think because they added so much to the world by adding two other layers to everything, um, on top of this already incredibly dense uh, overworld of Hyrule, it's been funny to see that I think they've kind of they've made the overworld a bit less dense with checks. Like I feel like there's there's less to do like per square like meter yeah. in Hyrule on on the land of Hyrule as we knew it in Breath of the Wild than there was in the first game I think. And I think that's actually really good because what it allows for for someone like me who can't help themselves when they see something is that they can still I I can still go to places and engage with that part of my brain that's like there's something over there don't don't forget that thing over there because you'll forget it you need to go see that first before you go next to the thing you want to get to which involved which then make, means it takes me five hours to get to Hateno village like it allows for the areas to feel just a bit more open and accessible and um less less dense yeah i'm, I'm running out of words i guess without losing the content because they've just they've spread it out over more space in a way that doesn't feel because it's it's vertical rather than than completely horizontal they didn't just add on more towers to the side of the map which would have just been like well here's the world plus more yeah it it feels so much more there's so many more ways to explore there's so many more ways to to join the dots of this world it's not just this path, oh, there's something off the left here. Oh, that took took me down to this waterfall down here. Oh, there was a shrine there. And then, like, it's not just that. It's also, then I got in the sky tower and it shot me way up there. And I did stuff in the sky for three hours. And then when I jumped down, I had moved so far to the east that I was over the 
plateau now. And then I got to experience the plateau and I wasn't expecting to go there so soon, but I was there. So I did. And then I fell in a big hole and then I was, I was down where I couldn't see anything for so long, man. I, I spent like six hours across two play sessions in the depths the other day. And I accidentally made it to the corner of the map (laughs) 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 following following a, a breadcrumb of a quest that I stumbled onto uh, that, but that I hadn't activated yet. So I, I did so many parts of this quest, but I didn't have any of the parts. So nothing happened when I got to the area. I'm like, oh, that was kind of weird. I'm, I did all this thing following these things and nothing happened. Oh, well. But I, th- I saw so much cool shit on the way, Jeremy. I saw some shit, man. I believe like, you. Like stuff that I tried to allude to in our Discord yesterday, like vaguely to see where everyone else at. And people haven't seen this thing that I've seen. And like, I want to talk to people about it. And I, and I, but I don't want to, I don't want to let loose. Allude a little bit more. I think I missed it. I'm just, I'm curious. So I think you did miss it. And I was very purposeful. I said, yesterday I said in the chat, have we all come across the hands enemies Mm. and the subsequent problem that follows? And no one really responded to what I meant by subsequent problem. And I left it there. Because that's not my surprise to give. Yeah, I don't, but, I don't, I don't know the subsequent problem. No, and when you do, you will. Uh, but man, I don't yet have anyone to talk to about it, and I'm, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. Um, and and even still, coming across the hands for the first time in the depths is so scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're good fun. They're um, they're a great like um. Uh, like distant relative of the guardian. Um, they're, 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 they're a lot like uh, less frequent. Um, they're also a good homage to to previous Zelda enemies in Floor Masters, which yeah. you know in Wind Waker there were shadowy hands that came out of the ground and grabbed you. Like they're in they're in a link to the past as well. Like they they yeah, are yeah. they are as old as as Zelda. <laughs> like they yeah. are, they are, they've been around. Um, yeah, there's it's so funny. There's a oh, lot sorry, of that. No, you go, you go. I've been going for a while. Oh no, like it was just like like there's a lot of that, and it feels it feels genuinely um, like 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 adapting an old tale as opposed to like hey, we're gonna put this thing that you recognize. Um, like th- there's been a lot of like thoughtful inclusions in this game that uh, that hmm. don't feel um, that that don't feel like they are just getting stuck in the trappings of of a storied franchise, but also don't feel like that they are only doing it so that you have a thing that you can point out and say, "I recognize that." Mm-hmm. Um, there are some of those things, but like it doesn't feel like a, it doesn't feel cheap or cheeky. Um, it feels like, oh yeah, no. It turns out the people that made this game kind of love this franchise as much as a lot of other people, huh? Like they and they are doing it yeah. with 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 a genuine amount of care. Um, while also like, just blowing out, the, like like <laughs> n- not blowing out, but like just rapidly increasing the scale of the game every time I play it. <laughs> yeah, something we didn't even think was possible. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's been so funny how many of those things, like floor masters, like like likes, uh, bomb flowers, or, or just even bombs as a resource, which it does both. Yeah, like so many of those things that it's like, oh, that was missing from the, from the first one. And it feels right here. Not only does it feel familiar and like, a, like you said, it's not just a, it's not just a thing you can nod your head at and go, I know that thing, but it's also 
really aptly used in this environment. It is well utilized mm. and faithfully. Meanwhile, there's also great follow-ups to the things that we loved in the first game. There's also great um, new stuff that they've, they've added, like the different Bokoblins, like the, the Bokoblin bosses and um, and the, the Horroblins in the caves. Even, can we talk about as well, the caves? Like... There's these like these three layers of Hyrule that we all discovered, and it was like, whoa. But also these caves are fucking everywhere and they're huge. And it's like this hidden fourth layer where like there are all of these wells and all of these cave entrances that go for miles, give you their own resources, they have their own type of enemy things for you to find. It's like ah. bubble. Gem, um, bubble gem, just really good, really good nouns. <laughs> really, this game is full of really good nouns. Yeah, um, competing, competing well with Elden Ring's now. Yes, yes, um, yeah. Th- there's, there's. You're right. Like the there was there was a part in the game. I don't even remember where it was, so I can't even spoil it. But there was a part in the game where I was doing like this, like a town which has got, you know, storylines and quests and stuff going on and interesting new things to do. I don't remember where it was. And it was like, oh, like, yeah, I'll do all this stuff. And then someone's like, oh, yeah, just head, like, down this area and you'll you'll find a thing or whatever. And I went down there and there was a giant cave under this town, which included a shrine. And I had no yeah. idea it was there. Yeah. And I went, what the fuck? I just, I would have just completely missed it. It's like, it's like... It's like taking a metal detector to the beach and going across <laughs> and then suddenly finding something that was 15 grains of sand below me that if mm. I didn't have this metal detector, I would have not have any idea that it was there. Mm. But it was there the whole time. I think you've I think you've really struck something there with that analogy. Like, is is Breath of the Wild, is Tears of the Kingdom like going to the beach with a metal detector and you find something every minute? <laughs> Kind of, but 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 not every minute because that wouldn't be interesting. It's not like I'm tripping over things to do, but it's always, it's always just at the end of my nose. It's always mm. just where I just finally end up looking. It's yeah, always just totally. that. Like there's a, I had a, I had a, 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 I found an old map and I was following the directions of the X that marks the spot in the depth, and I was looking for this like this X and I was about, let's say 40 meters away from it. But in between me and the X was a giant fucking wall. And oh I man, was, I'm so sick of those walls in the depths. I hate them. So I'm going to, I'm going to not, I'm going to give you a, 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 something that I figured out. And I don't think that this is going to be a like, um, Oh, I wish I figured this out thing. Cause no, it's, no, it is, sure. this is a, a useful thing to share. Um, the way I found that thing is I stopped looking at the map in the depths and I started to look at the map in Hyrule. And I remembered that it's it's the same map. It's the same shape. And so when I found it, it was next to that swirly bit on the right. Yeah, near Tarrytown. That's mirrored underground because it's the same world. And if you you oh. you know how you can have different maps going at the same time? Oh, like you can you can change you can, the layer, and on the mini map you can see you the can, upper layer. You instead. can keep your mini map a different la- mini map. You can keep your mini map uh, <laughs> uh, a different layer to what you're currently on. Yep. Intentionally 
because when I'm doing that twirl, I need to know where it starts. And so I swapped it to the Hyrule map, was walking around depths, and I'm like, the fucking spiral's underground as well. But it's not surrounded by water. It is, right. it is a tunnel that goes all the way around. No wonder I couldn't find the fucking eggs. And that's fascinating. And I was in there going like, you son of a gun. <laughs> look, at, look at what you did to me. And then that, that tunnel feels really long when you have to walk all the way around it. Oh, um, all the way around. I remember the first, like there's a shrine puzzle in the first game, which is like, take the orb and get it to the center. And mm. the way they want you to do that is to walk it all the way around the, the spot. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't enjoy that one. I didn't, I, I didn't do that one actually. I saw it and went, no, it's okay. Um, <laughs> but like, and it's, you know, that it's the, it's the thing that you discovered, which is that the shroud, the, the shrouds, the shrines in Hyrule are mirrored to the light route in the depths. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. You know what that then broke my mind for? After I did a heap of exploration in the depths, I was like, I can use this to find the shrines above. Find the fucking shrines. And then I, I like mark it on the map and I go there and I can't fucking find the thing. I don't even know where this thing is. So then all of a sudden I've got this loose end of this missing shrine. It's like, what do I even do here? I also, I found a shrine puzzle yesterday. Uh, right as the, right at the time where we had that earthquake in Melbourne, if you were, if you were there for that. Um, and I got to the puzzle and like, I just don't know what to do. Like this um, steward construct gave me this like really obtuse, like worded puzzle. I'm like, what? And I tried something for a couple of minutes. I'm like, I just have to leave. I'm, I'm, I got nothing. <laughs> That's cool. He's like, I'm like, hopefully that makes more sense after I play the story. Maybe there's a mechanic there that you can use certain items with or something, but like, the way they phrased it was like complete gibberish. And so, yeah, the, the exploration in this game is fantastic. I love it. It, it really is. And it, and it feels so natural almost all the time. And But like it also feels natural to, to be frequently swapping between the three distinct zones. Yes. Right? Like it's not like it's, what you know, Hyrule is obviously the most important narratively, but it doesn't feel like that it is, of utmost importance 100% of the time. You have to go up and down and all the way around to really get a really good understanding of how to explore the world of Hyrule. Um, mm. the, the, the amount of times that I'm going up and down, um, back and forth between the depths and Hyrule is, is, is blowing my mind in, in a way that I didn't realize I was going to be experiencing. Um, mm. There's a there's a lot of I'm finding more and more of these these pillars that jut from the ceiling all the way down to to the ground um, or like almost to the ground um, in the depths, which are ways to get to different parts of Hyrule faster just by ascending through them because it'll take you all the way up. It it is the opposite of a chasm. Um, I did that, but I came up in the desert. <laughs> I was not yeah. prepared for the desert. <laughs> um, and then, you know, wandering around and seeing a chasm and going, like, not having the immediate, like, oh, I don't want to do this kind of zone right now. Just being like, yeah, yeah fuck it. What do you want to show me? And then going down there and finding a whole new world. Yeah. This, um, this side quest that I did when I got down there that I found, like, step two of, mm-hmm. but I hadn't done step one. I was so annoyed because then when I, like, went back to, like, where I'd left the main quest that's, that sends you down there. When I went back down there yep. and followed it for like five minutes, 
it took me this close to a to a light route that I'd started at that I fell down into a chasm from. Right. And if I'd just gone north from that light route instead of south, like I actually had done, yeah. I would have found the start of that quest yeah. and, like right then. <laughs> and then it just would have pointed me south anyway. And instead I just missed it. And like, like on the one hand, I'm annoyed. Like, oh, that's so annoying. I had to go back and oh, it was right there this whole time. But on the other hand, I... I just organically found this thing. Yeah. At the time, it was this mystery to me. It didn't feel like um like I was being led by the by the mission waypoints and I knew what I was going to find when I got there, which it would have felt like if I'd done step 1 of that mission first. It was mm-hmm. like I don't know why I'm following this and I don't know what I'm going to find and and everything's scary and dark, but at least I have some waypoints and I kept going and I kept going and I kept going and I came up in the desert <laughs> like three hours later. <laughs> so and it was great. It's and great. then I just teleported back and like, you know, like it's all fine. And now I have that framework to get down to that area faster now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I've also really liked like down in the depths, finding more uh, wacky. I'm, I'm going to leave this sort of vague, but finding sure. more wacky uh, contraptions being used by right. other groups and using them to my own advantage, yeah, like yeah. finding motorbikes or like one wheels with lasers on the front of them. My, my favorite or like thing is Mad Max, like four wheelers with spikes. I found one, which was, which is kind of like a motorbike esque, uh, but it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's two wheels on the side. Um, and, a, and a controller in the middle yeah. and a wheel on the front, like, 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 so it would oh. spin around on the front and on the front of that is spikes. And so it looks like a drill that is going. And I really <laughs> want to use it against the rocks that you can break, but I haven't found that at the same time I found yeah. like a breakable thing because I want to see if I can proper drill through like That's a wall. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah, some some really excellent stuff. Some really like and I I know that it it's always been funny. But like some really hilarious like situations and character moments mm. um, in this game narratively from like some some side quests, but also some of the main stuff. Like some of it is a really genuinely very funny. Yeah, I'm very excited to get to more of the story. I um I was try I was like, oh, Sam's sitting awake with me tonight. I'm gonna try and get to some story while they're here, mm-hmm. and um. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I just wasn't as close to Rito Village as I wanted to be. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I'll just help this guy with a French horn out of a hole. And <laughs> like, oh, I'll, and, uh, I'm at the the broken down stable. It's now the uh, the the news place. And and Sam had to go to bed. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'm right here now. Like I could I could see the I'm, I'm here now. Yeah. I'll leave that and I'll just do stuff in the surrounding area. And man, I got lost in the mountains. Like not actually lost, just following the paths yeah. and then I got to the tower and then I was in the sky and then I went and then I could find, I could reach this other shrine from on top because I was jumping off the, the things and oh man, it's just so good, Jeremy. It is. It is. It is. It is. Like I, I'm amazed at how like 40 hours in uh, Breath of the Wild felt like like I'd got, I'd I'd gotten to grips with all of the game by that point, you know what I mean? Like I feel like I had an, a a pretty full understanding of what I was dealing with at that time by that point, point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the time where I kind of started like 
I would I would get a bit tired of it eventually, and then I and then I would come back a few weeks later. And there's there's just no feeling like that for me yet. Yeah, that that they've done so well to to add on to the um the the fan the fantastic foundational framework of Breath of the Wild, and add more variation to things I didn't even know I wanted variation in, so that I'm constantly engaged and I'm constantly things are being constantly changed up. They've added to their game loop rather than redefined it. And in doing so, they've redefined. Yeah, but I, I was like, going to say, you know but they've I mean? also yeah, because because the like there is a there is a it's funny the same loop, but it feels way better. <laughs> th- th- there's an interesting um, thing that I've been, I've been thinking about going back and forth between these two games, where like the the Breath of the Wild abilities they do feel very fundamental to that world. Yeah, and 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 in a way that that the abilities that you have in Tears of the Kingdom like they kind of don't like they're not fundamental to the world on a on a structural way where um the 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 first game is like you know you have crate ice block out of water you have the um uh, freeze an object free like 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 pause an object in motion um and and you know do momentum puzzles you have make bombs you know th- those are very like uh, small scale, but very basic and exciting ways to combine those those abilities. Um, whereas these are these abilities are a bit more separate. Um, you know, you you do combine them a little bit, but not like you're not con- constantly thinking of ways to combine these two. Um, they 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 are, however, like larger in in scale. You can do so much more with them yeah like with like a single ability can do so much and specifically ultra hand and specifically recall like those two abilities have just the the and fuse you could do so much with fuse y- y- yes yeah yeah you can you can but I, but i think i like i do think that ultra hand and i do think that recall those two are the ones that you you can do the the most um changing the most changing of the structure of the world to um you know to to combine a bunch of objects together and send it off and you've just created a death star or to (laughs) to like send things back in time and forward in time and back in time and forward in time to create this this you know wave of death you know there are so many things that you can do with with those abilities that like I, I don't know how they decided these abilities. Yeah. I am infinitely curious at ones that they like prototyped and then didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what they were thinking as well on top of these abilities? Well, I mean, there is a lot of sort of uh, people have said that you know this is the same team and a lot of this game came from the cutting room floor of breath of the wild apparently like they wanted to do a lot in breath of the wild and didn't make the cut what was too weird for tears of the kingdom is what i want to know what yeah, what got yeah. cut from breath of the wild to be included here's the kingdom and then got cut again yeah i cannot imagine what that would have been yeah that 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 phrase of um that a number of people have said that uh Tears of the Kingdom makes Breath of the Wild feel like the practice run that makes it feel like the the prologue. Um, it's feeling more and more true the more times I play it. Uh, 
we've had uh, a couple of people in the chat. I, like, I, I have a I have a stronger analogy for you that is maybe going to break you a little bit. Great. So, and and this is a very specific analogy. This is a very me analogy, but I think okay. it is extremely true. And I've said this to some other people who then went, "Oh fuck, you're right." And I'm gonna I'm gonna say it to you now, Kerry. Breath of the Wild is Blade Runner to Tears of the Kingdom's Blade Runner 2049. You you have already said this. I, to I did. Me. Okay. And all right. Yes, you are correct. That no, that feels apt though, because yeah. 2049 is simultaneously its completely own thing, but also very reverential of what came before it. It only exists on the shoulders of what came before it. Like, and is probably a better thing. It is probably an overall better product that is made with a a, a higher attention to care and mm. consideration. Um, that the original, you just, you can't get that level of, of definition from something that has not been made yet. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah. like Tears of the Kingdom, the only reason Tears of the Kingdom can really run is because De- Breath of the Wild walked. Um, like, you know. Even you, although it felt like sprinting at the time. Totally. Wild. Like, and you, like, you wouldn't be able to, like, could you imagine if they just went from nothing, you know, they went from the last major Zelda game being uh, Skyward Sword to uh, Tears of the Kingdom, right? Like, no. like, like that, that through line doesn't actually exist. No. You need the first one to have the second one. Yeah. Um, and while I, I, I don't think I, I will ever go so far as to say that like this one has eclipsed the, like the need for anyone to go back to Breath of the Wild, it will feel like watching A New Hope knowing that you've got Empire Strikes Back next. Mm-hmm. Like there is a level of this is good, but it is the the fundamental basics of what is going to like exceed it next. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just want to point out something that um that Charlie and Sam were saying in the in the uh in the chat here. Uh Charlie was saying it 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 what is it? It also isn't yeah, it isn't unengaging or daunting despite how big it is. Like, it's not scary, the amount of content they've got in there. Um, it's it's, it's so can, inviting and accessible. You, you can tackle it. Like, it is challenging you, but it is not challenging you at a place that you can't meet it. Like, it is challenging yeah. you knowing that you know everything you need to do to get there, which is, you know, the, the amazing thing about all of the shrines in this game is that there's this idea of there's no right way to do it. There is just mm. your way to do it. And the game offers you up so many challenges and you just got to find it like your solution to it. There are mm-hmm. intended ways to do it, but they're not the right way. They're just no, a and way. They don't need you to find them. No. No. And um, yeah, Sam was saying there's so many uh, interesting, challenging tangents. But then as you were saying, Jeremy, like that's the way your story, your experience with the game is unfolding. Mm. That's that's. It's not a tangent. It's just how you experience that game. Yeah, it's um, it's masterful. Yeah, I I remember thinking about about the you know considering game of the year as as we as we are days away from the middle point of the year. Not yet. That's that's at the end of June. Oh, sorry, the end of the next month. Yeah, right. Yep. That's that's how that's how math works. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> um, looking at that, going like okay. But like you know, considering game of the year, going like okay, we're halfway yeah, through yeah, the yeah, year yeah. very soon. Like, what are like where are we at? Like, I think we've we've booked in a, a, a mid game of the year check in in a couple of weeks. Yeah, after all the E three nonsense. Yeah. Y- yeah. 
Um, and like I remember thinking about some of the games that are coming out, you know, with the Star Wars game that came out and some of the others, and being like, oh yeah, like this is like Full Spoken. Yep. Um, and <laughs> like going like, oh yeah, this is gonna like this is probably gonna be one of the ones. And I'm almost thinking like, like we're like this is just it. Yeah. Like, like and- there was a way that Elden Ring felt like that, but there was always the question mark of. Or people will enjoy Ragnarok more. Or some people just can't get into a Souls game. Like, it's just not their bag. Like, for as accessible as Elden Ring was in relation to its history and its lineage, it was still a Souls game. Yeah, and it, it is, It is like, I, I spoke to someone recently who had just started that game, who has never played a Souls game, and they're like, I, I am in Struggle Town. And I'm like, yeah, I bet you are. Yeah, I, I've got a family friend who really liked playing Skyrim and, like, other RPGs like um, what was that? What was that? The 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 like the tactical RPG, the top down one, Divinity: Original Sin two. They were playing that and really loving it, you know. Like um, but Elden Ring, they were playing it and then talking to um, talking to my cousin, their partner, and being like, I'm really frustrated and I'm I'm not having a good time and my my cousin was like why are you playing it and she was like I, I don't know people say it's good <laughs> like it should be fun right and it just isn't that but this is this is probably just it and you know unless it. unless they stealth drop neon white too I can't see anyone else <laughs> coming coming in and 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 taking it over because it's really the only hope really Surely not. Ben Esposito's not no, doing no, me on no, my two. Of, of course not. Of course not. But oh, like, that that was that was a that was a punch to the head. That I'm seeing stars. <laughs> I thought about yeah, that I game mean, again today. I put on the soundtrack. I'm like, oh fuck. So yeah, I need to play it. I need to play more than the first yeah. world. Um, the I mean, Final Fantasy 16 is coming. Yeah, and like Great. honestly, exciting. that might be the closest hit, but like that is going to be much more traditional in a way that is not going to be like, like no one is looking at Final Fantasy 16 and they're not presenting Final Fantasy 16 as we have reinvented what it means to be a fantasy role playing game. No, again, no, they're not. Yeah, they're not doing that. You know, the- like I could easily see, I can easily see people like falling off the tutorial because it took too long. Like maybe if it's all in this like prologue, like, oh, I'm around the manor and go feed the yeah. pigs. Not and, engaging like, in all of the- easily see people falling off. Not engaging in all of the systems or not loving a lot of the story or- The cutscene's too political. Yeah. Or... Like there, there's, there's a lot of ways for that game to be really good and not everybody's thing. Um, mm. But like, yeah, the- the Tears of the Kingdom is one that could be for everyone. Yeah. Because you can mainline it and have a great time with the story. And you can explore and get lost and never touch it if you don't care about it or if you hate the voice acting. Like, there are so many ways to approach that game. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake, or Rebirth, rather, uh, second remake, that would be the next biggest thing on my list because i think remake is maybe my favorite game of all time at this point but and and um, even looking at spider-man 2 like it's just not gonna be that kind of thing it doesn't poor (laughs) spider-man you know (laughs) oh look i'm sure he'll be okay like it's fine like who cares it'll sell bajillions and and it's fine but i would i wish spider-man had come out you remember in 2018 when everyone's talking about like how mid that year was even though it actually wasn't like with like control and fallen order um 
like if Spider-Man had come out that year, it might have had game of the year, but it came out instead in 2018 against God of War and and a couple of other things that were impressive that I've forgotten because it's been so long. Fallout 76, impressive, definitely. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. You're right. Like it, it feels like it's only a race for second place at the moment. Yeah. yeah. It's a long time until December. Until it, like and Elden Ring kind of suffered from that. It was an even longer time. But um, I'm, I'm waiting for that for that game. I like I am waiting for that. Uh, you know that random game that is going to come through out of out of nowhere and and you know it might not. It's not going to be the everybody's game of the year. But like I am waiting for that one smaller one that is going to like you know like touch my heart in a way that like that not else not not every other game can you know like the the outer wilds like and, neon wide outer the, wilds yeah yeah exactly like the w- another one of those i'm sure will, will come around at some point this year um it's hades 2 i mean hades 2 is launching in early access we're not we're not getting that game for a long time i doubt we'll, doubt, I doubt we'll play it this year um, yeah to be announced like and, I, and I, you know we don't know what that is because we don't know what it is until we know it um but I I would love to have two games at the top of my list, one of those type and and a Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I I definitely want to be playing more stuff like that. Like maybe maybe um, Beton Brutal makes it far up the list for you at the end of the day <laughs> it's good it's not it's look it's not it's good but it's not i'm not saying it's tears of the kingdom again the race for second place no but it's, it look i i like that game but it's, it's not a it's not a it's not a game of the year contender okay. it's cool maybe not an honorable mention maybe yeah still yeah. haven't it maybe look maybe it gets fucking incredible at the top maybe it's like a religious <laughs> experience like i go up there and I, I see god the sense of power is like nothing you've ever experienced before in your life yeah yeah oh, that game is cool though <laughs> yeah that game can hang like like that is like a that is a like that game can what, hang yeah. brutal yeah 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 i guess it's brutal it's not brutal not like uh like the like the what was it? The Deathly Brutal? What was that game that everyone was talking about? Deadly Brutal? Sexy Brutal. Sexy Brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. We just kind of kind of vamped on Zelda for ages because like it's that good. It's that, it's just that good. Yeah. Yeah. Um now we decided what our topics were heading into uh heading into the last week what what are we doing next week though i've completely forgotten let's have a look here uh, next week is ranking playstation 2 games oh that, and, and like like uh, we will do that topic we depending on the next week you know like it, we are in prime uh you know uh, showcase announcements, announcements. Yeah. yeah um so like you know like that is one to get bumped to the next week if there is like a larger thing but like we know when xbox is which is about two weeks away um we know that there's some other stuff happening, but we like we're not going to cover uh, the summer game festivities as a as a singular topic of the show, probably unless it's like incredible, unless it's bad. Which it which, unless it's bad. <laughs> oh, okay. Fucking, <laughs> you know, I'll meet you there. <laughs> no, if if it's like all, I thought you meant as like summer game festivities. Um, if like the whole thing everything that keely lumps under his banner which is like including ubisoft forward and like right. also the xbox conference if it's like all like mid <laughs> yeah yeah then we could breeze through it in one episode um 
but yeah, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be talking about whatever announcements come out. Like if Keely's thing is big enough, we'll talk about it. Xbox definitely will be talking about it and Starfield um, in the coming weeks. So yeah, next week, PS2 rankings. I read that. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea because we, I mean, we put it in the document. But then I think about it for just a second and I'm like, there are a lot of fucking games on that system, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do a round robin. <laughs> Explain. We'll do a we'll do a um we'll set up a tournament on on that on that website. Oh, again. we'll do a bracket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we should limit the number of entrants, though, as opposed to most other times where we just write a list until we stop. Look, I still I still maintain ranking every single Mario game was fucking hilarious. <laughs> we didn't even rank every single one, although it was very funny. We didn't. We we got close. The Mario movie made it really far. The old one. <laughs> yeah, it did, which is funny because I hadn't seen it. Much to your dismay. Um, so yeah, look forward to that PS2 rankings or something else. Uh, but, uh, aside from that for next week, uh, that's going to be it from us for this week. Um, uh, I'm, I'm stalling as if I don't have a script and it would really help if I just looked at it and now I am looking at it and it will be better. I'd recommend also reading it. I I will read it and I will read it out loud. Here we go. Hell yeah. Uh, Make sure to listen to next week's episode where we talk about blank. Hey, I did that bit already. Uh, The best way to make sure you don't miss uh, that episode next week when we talk about PlayStation 2 games or something else um, is to follow all of our socials. That is at MinimapAU on all of the accounts. Uh, You can follow us individually as well. Jeremy, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, At Obi1Jez. You can follow me on Twitter at KJPalmer underscore 24. If you want to follow our wonderful guest, Paul James from Player 2, uh, from earlier in the episode, he is at Paul James Games. Easy enough to remember. And then Player Two is at Player Two AU. If you want to see what he's up to over there, uh, and yeah, otherwise you can head to our website minimap.com.au for everything else that isn't minimap cast related, and also the things that are minimap cast related. Um, for those of you live with us on Twitch, stick around for the post show. Uh, we're just about to start doing that once we end this. For those of you listening later, make sure to give us those oh-so-tasty five-star ratings. When are we going to rewrite that? Never. <laughs> okay, fair enough. The, the uh, post-show, by the way, it might be a little bit... Um, there might be some friends joining us. I'm looking down at the at the 10 Bionicles that are sitting on the floor next <gasps> to my desk. Bionicle showcase! Oh, that's amazing! Well, everyone, if you want to see that post-show and you're not here with us live, those do go up on Patreon as well, which is another little reason you could jump in there as well as our uh, watch-along press conference things. Um, that's patreon.com slash minimapau. For five Australian dollars, you get access to that. Uh, you'll see the post-show. You'll see Jeremy's Bionicle friends. You'll get 24 hours of early access for our episodes. You'll get that watch-along uh, all while helping us out. Um... And that's going to do it for the week. Thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to look at Jeremy's Bionicles. Have a good week and we'll see you next time.